Hey, welcome back, Paul. Hello, mate. Good to be back. Good to hear from you again. How are you doing? I'm lovely and back from the grave. Awesome. Being back from the grave is a really good thing to do. I wish I had that ability. <laughs> it's like a nice cold shower. I love it. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're not dead. You know what would have been really cool if you had died, though? What's that? How? You could have haunted a house. Ooh. That sounds... Just like Alone in the Dark. We're going to talk about Alone in the Dark today, for those of you who did not pick up on that. <laughs> I forgot what we were going to be talking about halfway through that. <laughs> I'm glad you said it again. Yes, we're, we're here to talk about Alone in the Dark, a groundbreaking game with the ultimate conflict. The house wants you dead, and you don't want to die. Yeah, and it's going to be successful a lot, because the thing with Alone in the Dark, which I don't even know what most people really thought at the time, because, you know, uh, without the internet, everyone sort of games in their own little bubble. But interesting design of the of Alone in the Dark back then, which is sort of a template for what, would, uh, for what we know as survival horror today, is that you pretty much learned everything through dying from something first. So you basically do something, it kills you, and then you know not to do that next time. Mm. It, so, uh, like, There's really not ways to figure things out before they happen. You just have to make sure that you save your game before anything could possibly happen. So like, there's the, uh, the opening scene. You start, in the, um, you start in the attic, and then you have like about five seconds before a monster breaks through the window and you have to fight it. Now, once you know that the monster comes in through the window, then you can push a shelf in front of that window so that it will uh, just smack into the shelf like a bird flying into the window, and then it can't get to you. It's like, okay, great. And then a trap door opens and another monster comes up out of there. And you're like, okay, well, now that I know that that monster is going to come up from out of there, I'm going to push a chest over the trap door so that he can't get up. So much of the game is just figuring out what's going to kill you because it just killed you. <laughs> That's actually quite level-headed way to put it, as putting putting the rage quitting <laughs> frustrations aside. You're right, yeah. yeah and I, I love I love how in the beginning uh, it could kind of illustrate your point is the game keeps you on such edge throughout the whole thing, which is such a brilliant tactic on on that part. Because, like you said, when you're in, when you're in the basement or attic, or whatever, you get attacked almost right away. And mm -hmm. from that point on, you like from that first <laughs> couple of seconds, you just don't trust the game for its entirety. <laughs> like the environment is deemed untrustable. You're on edge. It's nerve wracking. And and then to your point, it's like you die, so you save it, and then you get attacked pretty quickly after that, and you save it. So it basically sets you up to just save every six seconds for the whole game. Yeah. Even though you don't need to. With with no autosave. So you don't know what's going to happen until right. after it happens. So hopefully you saved recently. But, yes. and, and, yeah, and, you know, again, it's one of those things where, like, you know, if a game did that today, you would probably look back upon it and be like, oh, that's poor game design. And it kind of is. I can't really <laughs> argue that it's not um, poor game design. But I don't know. There was just something about it that worked then and maybe maybe not everyone agrees with me maybe people people did play it and they're kind of like this is this is kind of too hard this is stupid and i definitely even a lot of classic games i kind of think um it's unfair to teach people through dying <laughs> through killing them off repeatedly 
uh, what they need to do. But for some reason, it's just I think because it's a survival horror and because it's a very, uh, very early survival horror, it actually kind of works because the game, like you said, it kind of screws with you. It messes with you. If you when you play the game for the first few times before a surprise encounter, they play this like dramatic chord and some like something's coming to get you music. Right. Right. So I'll play this like done. And then this, uh, this tune like dun, 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 dun. So, you, you know, it feels like something's <laughs> going to come get you. Then after a while through the game, the game just plays it every once in a while, even if nothing's there, <laughs> just to mess with you. It's and you're like, oh, dear Lord. You. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you're trained by now that every time you hear that, you're going to die because, you know, you don't know uh, how to deal with things until after you've already been killed by it. So <laughs> you'll just be walking down the hall. I'll just be walking down the hall and suddenly it's like, dun, dun. it's like, what the hell? No, God damn. I can't die right now. I've done too many things. <laughs> and then it turns out to be uh, a false alarm. The game actually gives you false alarms. Oh, that's that such a mind fuck. They did such a good job with that, whether it was on purpose or not. <laughs> it adds a new modern element to it. Like, Maybe be good with, you know, $60 PS4 games, but you go back to the old one, it will still fuck with you. <laughs> and it was funny because like Resident Evil became so much more popular and uh, more successful than Alone in the Dark, even though it was so, um, it was so much about it was borrowed from Alone in the Dark, mm-hmm. except for the parts that I actually found scary about Alone in the Dark. The uh, I actually didn't really care too much for the original Resident Evil because it was basically zombies, right? And I love zombies, don't get me wrong, but I just didn't think it was as scary because if something wasn't a zombie or a zombie dog or something that's obviously like, oh, this thing's going to kill you because it's running up to you, flailing its arms, you know that generally it's not going to kill you unless it's very obvious. Whereas in Alone in the Dark, you had no idea what was going to end up killing you. You sort of walk around like, oh, hey, here's a suit of armor. I'm going to search that suit of armor because something might be in it. Oh, guess what? It's actually a possessed suit of armor. And because you touched (laughs) it, it's going to kill you now. (laughs) And there's a time where you walk into like an art room and uh, suddenly there's a little cutaway to one of the paintings. It's like, oh, something's significant about that painting. And it turns out what's significant about it is that it is now trying to kill you. <laughs> that's a fair point. <laughs> so that's kind of like the paranoia that's set in this uh, in Alone in the Dark is the fact that like you have no idea what anything like, you have no idea if anything's coming for you because you know they'll play the dramatic chord just for the hell of it once in a while. Uh, you have no idea what objects are useful versus what's going to come alive and destroy you. So many of the monsters that you come across, you don't really know until you try if they're actually killable. Because I think like 75% of the things in the game aren't. Like You can't do right. anything to defend yourself against them. It, it's one of those games where it's just the number one, the atmosphere is just so much creepier than a lot of uh, games like uh, with far better production and graphics compared to just like the polygons, like very low, not low polygon <laughs> count. 3d models but just it knew how to like just get that pavlovian response of sheer horror and terror out of you far more than something that's just like 
gory, fast moving and eating your face. Yes, yes. And so it was simpler times, in other words, but going back, it still works all over again. Because it's you're not used to being mistreated like that from a game. <laughs> if paintings are, are an option, then everything's off the, the the table or whatever. Like you know, if a painting can kill you, then then I, I couldn't even walk five feet without being paranoid. Yeah. But I do like the the you know, Dilo in the dark is kind of what you're uh, we're touching on a little bit. It's kind of got that like you know you're, you're hunted. It has like a, a voyeuristic feel to it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like there's these cutaways with the camera where like you're you're outside the window looking in at your own character. You know, you kind of That's feel right. like you're being, being watched, which is creepy, and it hones in on that a little bit. And, you know, a lot of those games back then, they kind of re- used the tank controls, which are ever so popular. <laughs> but, uh, and you know, they're, they're never really that great, even to begin with. But, I, I don't know, I felt it kind of worked for this particular game. Not that it wasn't awkward and clunky, because it totally was, but it's because of all, like, those weird dramatic camera angles and quick cuts you kind of have to just understand that as long as you hold the up button, you are going in the same direction that you were before because it like cuts all over the place. And suddenly you're walking up the screen, suddenly you're walking to the left, suddenly you're walking down because it's just like the camera just changes angles so often. It's hard to know um, if you were just going to do like straight up is up and down is down. It was so easy to get lost because you don't know which way you're supposed to be going anymore. But, right. but now that you actually have that, ability to sort of stay the course that's what up is basically stay the course then the game can be a lot more creative and a lot more um uh experimental with a lot of the angles and the um and the scenes that they uh put you through yeah yeah no absolutely that's good i remember that was the first time i saw uh, or uh, yeah i guess saw works done scene uh helicopter cam with um uh, like in a PC game at all, I, I think it was the first time I, uh, at least I had ever experienced it. And therefore, the advent of having my character's forehead pressed into a wall while his feet are walking into it, you know, and they're <laughs> fr- frantically trying to back up the camera, move it around, like that, uh, really messed with me. But it was cool that they they kind of innovated on a, on a lot of levels. I mean, they should probably get a lot of credit for basically. I, I think it's I don't know if it's even arguable being the first survivor horror game, definitely popular. Pretty pot, like um, I think. It's the, as far as I know, it's probably the first of what we consider survival horror today. Right. I'm sure if you fiddle around with the semantics, you can come up with earlier game titles. But this is, at the very least, even if it's not the first survival horror, it's definitely the template upon which all survival horror kind of spawned from thereafter. Yes. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Uh, That was actually rather political. It was very. (laughs) factual (laughs) nobody can really rebut that i like it even Mm -hmm. though i'm trying to i don't like to play with semantics much so i'm not good at it i can't spell the word semantic for example it's things like this yeah but i mean it's semantics is one of those (laughs) topics that's sort of hard to really come to any sort of conclusion on because it's like oh you can go on about what is an rpg these days before it used to be so clear but now we're sort of like oh a role-playing game is Mario because you're playing the role of Mario. It's like, that's not what that means. Like, oh, but semantically, right. it's like, ugh. <laughs> you know, so yeah. I'm sure you can say like, oh, um, uh, well, I, I guess they came out at this in the same year, but you could be like, oh, uh, Wolfenstein 3D is survival horror. It's like, why? Because you're trying to survive and it's scary that things are shooting at you. It's like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's not what we're talking yeah. about when we're going on about survival horror. 
Yeah, adventure games are, are role-playing games because you're playing the role of somebody in an adventure, and mm. role-playing games are adventure games because you're going on an adventure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a pretty broken system of uh, categorizing genres. It's like, oh, I'm I'm playing the role of Pac-Man. His goal is to eat. Yeah, exactly. I, I leveled up by eating everything on the screen. Yeah, I, I would actually argue that Pac-Man is survival horror, you see, because you're being chased by scary things. There you go. The first survival horror game, probably one of the first, if not the first, is Pac-Man, right? But... um Just had an accidental breakthrough. <laughs> well, I totally didn't even think about that, but you're almost correct. Like, again, if we, if we want to define survival horror as that... You're trying to survive. There's ghosts. Then sure. They were probably right scary in 75. I'm sure they're really terrifying under the right context. <laughs> you, had, you had to pay a quarter for each time you play. I'm going to be pretty terrified when I run out of power pellets. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They're trying to take from your, your bread and milk and stuff. That's your living. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I mean, I, I don't think anyone really necessarily looks back on Alone in the Dark uh, negatively, especially if you've played it uh, back then. But I know that I I don't know anyone who's really played it recently that hasn't played it before. I don't really I haven't seen any reviews online or anything of people who go back and play it for the first time today. But I can imagine it doesn't age well because even for oh. me, it didn't age well. Even when mm -hmm. I went back, it finally came out on GOG. I was like, oh, yeah, that game. That's one of my favorites. I put it on. It's like, this is horrible. What the hell horrible. is going on? Horrendous, mate. It's it yeah. one of the worst aging games of all. And that, that answers my question what I was getting at, really, because I, I was kind of luring you into to comparing it to Doom because Doom is known as the godfather of a genre. And, and I look at, you know... Uh, Alone in the Dark is as a godfather of a slightly different genre. Um, <laughs> not, not to do the semantics game again. And I was kind of getting at, like, you know, why isn't it as well, like, household name as Doom in, in the gamer world as being something that basically popularized a, a, an entire genre? And I, I think that's why, because you could play Doom again as long as you like pixel graphics, but this game is really hard to chew through again now. It's fucking horrible. Yeah, absolutely. It's very good, you know, especially with scary, like uh, the werewolves, whatever the first thing that kills you in Alone in the Dark looks like a Muppet. <laughs> yeah, it does, <laughs> doesn't it? With, with Kermit the Frog arms, like flailing yeah. about and everything, it's not that scary. So, to this day, game, I don't you know, even really know what that actually is, to be honest. I'm not sure either. I'm not sure if it's two or four. I will say, before they got into the polygons, like the intro of the game, I remember as a kid... It, it, again, with that voyeuristic camera thing that they, they show you pulling in the driveway through a windowsill mm -hmm. and it's got these like demon hands holding onto the window. Mm -hmm. And for some, when I, I just remember being a kid, how that was chilling and scary. Oh, absolutely. Like, Anything in the game that doesn't require polygons is beautiful. Right. Yeah, true. Like the scenery, because it's not moving scenery. It's a sort of, um, you know, it's basically static shots that you walk through and they're all the... The environment is great. It's awesome. But anything that involves moving, they only really had like whatever, like 10 polygons that they can construct a person yeah. and or a monster. And um, it just, it, it you know, you get that a little bit of that clash between a very nice handcrafted, hand-painted almost, it looks like it anyways, half-painted background. And then you get like the stick man. 
Right. Yes. Yeah. It was. It was like the the introduction to how video games will put out like trailers or commercials that only show the cutscenes, <laughs> yeah. and then you you play it and you're like, oh, that's kind of. I mean, it was kind of the invent of that where you're really like, oh, this really mm-hmm. set me up for something nice, and then you get to what you actually get to play with, like, oh god. Mm-hmm. But no, at the time it was. I mean, I don't think it was actually even really quote like good at the time even though it was the pretty much the first we'd ever seen it <laughs> but but it was so it was groundbreaking and you knew it yeah you know you, with the the again the, the um what you call it the tank camera you know it had to be three you know 3ds polygonish to to implement them things so you, you knew it was you know had to start somewhere and this was sort of something just different and cool even yeah. though I, I think at the time it was fair to say because i mean it's not like back in the day we were cavemen like we had television we, we were aware <laughs> of like what good and bad things looked like um and I think you know, we, I just remember not being like blown away by the graphics at all. Just thinking not, it was not blown away, different. but it was acceptable. Yeah, that's I mean, true. it was definitely. I didn't think like, oh, when I played it, I was just sort of, that, oh, true. okay, well that that's a thing. Right. Um, that's how that's how it goes. And I just it w- I didn't think one way or another. So I mean, that in itself is um, not a bad thing. If I just don't even notice it, it's sort of okay. Well, here's a game that I'm playing now. Right. But but the problem is, you play it now, and boy, do you notice it. Because like you said, uh, pixel art ages well. Pixel art will almost always look like pixel art. But polygons, <laughs> there's something about taking it from those, like uh, when a monitor was actually natively like 320 pixels or something, whatever the actual number is, versus, oh, now we're playing it on like 1080 or 4K screens or something right, like that. Yeah. And it's not going to look as good when arguably it already wasn't that great it was breakthrough. I wouldn't say, but like you said, it was breakthrough, but not necessarily great. <laughs> but it was imagine what it's like now. <laughs> yes, yeah, straight hard on the eyes. When you can see every jagged edge, yeah. When you see every jagged edge of every triangle, that's a limb of yours. And you don't even have to focus in on it. This isn't like nitpicking. <laughs> like the, the main character's <laughs> eyes are not the same shape at all. Yeah, that's right. At all, not even close. I think they're like, like a diamond detached from his head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it makes Grim Fandango look like Avatar. Like, it's it's really, <laughs> really rudimentary. But uh, that's why it kind of needs to be remembered for how awesome it was at the time. Because it was truly an awesome game. It was one of those games that I would uh, actually play through it once a day for a good little while. Because I just wanted to know everything. Like, what happens if I do this? You know, once you get through and you pass it the first time with a walkthrough, of course, because I'm not that good. Um, but after I finished it, I it was one of those things where I'm like, well, anything can happen. So let's find out all the stuff that happened. So let's touch and push everything to see what's going to come up and kill me because now I'm not scared anymore. But kind of also still a little bit terrified because you just never know what's going to happen when. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> that's absolutely a good point. It, it's funny. That just reminded me of like the, I think the first point you brought up in the episode was, you know, just talking about how was it borderline kind of almost bad design. It was that that punishing and i, I kind of chalk it up to like just the times i guess like it just reminds me now comparing it to like adventure games at the time they were just savage so mm-hmm. i think we accepted that back yeah, in the day like absolutely. that was that was life as we knew it so we're like yeah of course you gotta <laughs> save a lot but looking back it's like like you said you know you every like 12 feet you're saving the game there's one scene in particular that just really sticks out for me is the um you go into this room it's like one of the first rooms that you come across in the game and I don't know if I've ever seen a game do this since, but you go into the room and there is um, 
I forget if there's an object that you need out of there, but there's a few things that are searchable. So you're going to have to like investigate the room. And at one part of like in the center of the room, there's like a ghost sitting in a chair, just staring at the wall. And it's just there, not moving. And oh, th- this is one of the things where if you touch it, it's gonna cu- it's gonna kill you. So you gotta like really carefully just walk around it. And even to this day, when I do play it. Not not to this day, literally, because it's been a lot while since I've played it. But even as of the last time I played it, it was nerve wracking because I just didn't want to accidentally nudge into this thing and wake <laughs> it up to kill me. Uh, and just the oh, so already like ha- having played through it a few times, it's terrifying because number right. one, it's just the blocking of it. it's the way it's set up, just like this pink blob of a ghost in a he- sort of a roughly human shape just sitting there and you can see its eyes. And that's basically the only real features you can really determine. And it's just sitting facing the opposite wall from you. Uh, that's I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. Yes. It, it reminds me of that scene in Pan's Labyrinth. If you've seen that movie, yeah, yeah, absolutely. The, the little girl walks in on uh, the, the monster with the eyeballs in his hands mm-hmm. and he's just dead still at the dining room table. And she's like, you know, got to sneak right around him, right up against him. You know, as long as you don't eat mm-hmm. fruit, you won't wake up sort of thing. But yeah, it makes it even more eerie when it's, um, the enemy's stagnant, like just, just that confidently just sitting. I don't, yeah, I know what you mean. It gives yeah. me chills. And so th- therefore the game did a great job because e- even with the kind of mind fucks of the music, like with these sort of examples, the good and, and the questionable, it still got in your head. It, it affected your heart rate. And that's, that's impressive. Yeah. There's, there's thousands of games that that's their problem is they didn't get to the heart. They didn't get in your head. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think as long as the game is doing that, like you said, even as a replay and, and looking back on it, like, you know, a horror game in its fetal stage it was still still able to make us unsettled nowadays it's really yeah. impressive and the first time you play through that scene when you don't know what like anything about it is that you know you don't want to touch it but you know, are, are, is it allowed to see you like are you allowed to what, what's going to happen is it's just sitting there it's not like these uh you know as much as i love all these games now where you kind of have to hide from the monster all the time you know you have to hide from the monster you know you can't let it see you or you know you know things that are going to come after you and you have a gun you should probably shoot it to make it stop but you know this one is just it's just there it's like well what do i do like do i walk quietly am i allowed to run around am i allowed to like be within its peripheral vision like what you just didn't know and that's what's so nerve-wracking about it yeah no you're right people they should employ that tactic a lot more and you never see it anymore or really at all i guess period mm-hmm. and it's yeah it's such a, a good way to put someone off and like you said the first time you play it you, you're not you don't know that just that you don't touch it you think you're thinking the whole time it's gonna you know just do a jump scare on you as you're walking your way by it Mm -hmm. and like if you don't touch it it doesn't do anything and that's kind of scary yeah it is (laughs) it really is unsettling (laughs) like flying a kite at nighttime something weird about it yeah and i think like even at this point one of the things that the game does i think is one of the very first items it gives you is a shotgun so it's Already kind of like at first you're kind of, I mean, not that we really overthought it at the time, but looking back on it, it's like, well, a lot of the, a lot of horror is about taking away your sense of power. So to give you a shotgun really early in the game is kind of like, oh, well now I can just shoot everything. It's like, that's not going to help you. Like, <laughs> if anything, it establishes how powerless you are that's because so the number of things you can actually kill with that shotgun is very few. I remember being really hard to use as well to aim. Oh yeah, hell yeah! Because you had to like use the arrow keys to like rotate yourself in roughly the <laughs> direction and 
shoot and hope that you were actually aligned with it. It's the, the, the aiming was horrible. The devs were masterminds of false illusions because there's really nothing more scary. The only thing more scary than not having a gun is having one that you can't work. It's like a dream when you can't make a fist. There's just this like like oh, you made it worse by giving me an, an ineffectual weapon. Now now it's just a lot more panic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was it, it was a pretty it was a pretty cool game all around. I mean, it's besides the way it looks, it uh, it still plays through well, and I, I think you can get through it with with a walkthrough and some some luck. Um, in in like an hour, I think it is pretty short. Uh, it, once you know everything that you're supposed to do, that's true. Yeah, uh, but yeah, there's probably, also probably. some cool things like um, a lot of the. I mean, granted, like I said, there is a lot of things killing you before you have a chance to really understand what's going on, and therefore you have to restore. But there's also some interesting puzzles. Like there are clues and allusions to how you're supposed to get through certain areas, or which creatures can be killed in certain ways, and you have to figure those out by reading the different books that you find here and there in the game. So you always search bookshelves. You have to actually read through the text. It's not like these days where um, they're just lore books that just sort of like do world building. Like these are actually important to solving the puzzles if you've never right. played it before. That's Yeah. And that's, that's a really cool angle too. Along with the, the inventory thing, it definitely, definitely has uh, some adventure feel to it as far as the puzzles mm -hmm. and you know inventory objects. Inventory was weird too. Cause I remember it, uh, once you used it, like you had to, you could only carry so much. So you had to decide when to drop something or not. Yeah, I think that's correct. Yeah, I think that's right. Which I never liked when games did that, just because you know we've already established that this doesn't actually fit in their pockets. We get it. Like it's really, <laughs> I don't like when I actually do that. But this game, they justified it by, uh, I think you had a maximum weight of your inventory. So once you once you exceeded the weight, you had to lose items, and I thought that was that was actually something that's kind of cool that I'd almost like to see in some adventure games, right? You know, where, where like as long as you put like you know checks and balance in there, like there's there's a reason to it, then then it could be made to be part of the game, you know, like part of the the mm -hmm. grand puzzle itself, deciding what to hold on to and what to drop and stuff. But they they weren't like mostly this because like, you could go back to where you dropped it and get it. Yeah, that's that right. Kinda... Yeah, it'll just sit on the floor. And to be honest, it's like uh, I actually forgot. I, I still don't, I'm not even like, can't even 100% confirm if that's the case. Just because I think uh, if they did do that, and they probably did, if you remember it, but uh, it just never really even came up. Like, it, it was actually pretty forgiving. It's not like you can only carry like five things and you need seven. It, it's like there was quite a bit of stuff that you just, uh, that you were allowed to carry with you. Yes. Yeah. It did seem uh, unnecessary, mm. <laughs> the whole thing, even having to drop it. So really, if you if you reach that level where you need to drop something, that's a game kind of telling you you're a bit of a pack rat right, and you yeah. don't need this stuff right now. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for exposing my tendency to hoard things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, you know, the it's really cool. One of the things that it does is that it blatantly right on the box says that it's incredibly inspired by H.P. Lovecraft. And boy, did they double down on that. Like, they just completely, there's, I, I don't know, I, I think there's actually Cthulhu games that don't feel as Lovecraft as Alone in the Dark did. <laughs> That's so true, yeah. <laughs> I think if there's one thing that I'd really want to revive from Alone in the Dark today, uh, so, you know, with all the, I guess it's been like 20, 25 years or something like that of uh, game design improvements that have happened since, 
Um, and with like modern graphics and stuff like that. So things aren't just like, um, you know, paper dolls, basically. It'd be nice to have a horror game where you don't know necessarily what's a hazard or not, what's a threat. Because these days, like I said about Resident Evil, it's like it's if it's not a zombie or a zombie dog, you know, it's going to not kill you. But in Alone in the Dark, it's like, well, you have no idea what's going to kill you or not. These things are here's a statue. Do I search it because something might be important in there or do I not search it because it might kill me? Right. Yes. That's that's a polarizing line to draw in the sand, but it's like, you know, either get up close to it and investigate it or run from it. One of the yeah. two. We'll see. Yeah. There, there's actually a really cool moment in um, Resident Evil Code Veronica, which is actually probably my favorite Resident Evil game. And there's a uh, there's a hallway or something. Uh, I forget exactly. It's been a long time, but there's like a hallway or a room or something. And you walk through and there's like this big, like, um, I, I think it was like a doll, like maybe a China doll or something like that. This really big, creepy thing just sitting there. And like when I first saw it, when I came into the, onto the screen, I was like, oh dear Lord, that's like, that's really creepy and terrifying. And that lasted for about like two seconds before I'm like, but it's not going to do anything to me. Like right, it's, yeah. it's atmospheric, but it's not like it's just going to come alive and kill me because it's not a zombie. So <laughs> what do I care? That's such a good point. It happens so many times in games. You like you first walk into the screen and you're like, oh my God, it's terrifying. And then a couple of seconds and it's like, all right, now how do we get around it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But like, if it was, if that had been, if that had, the exact same scene had been in Alone in the Dark, it'd be like, okay, what do I do? This oh, yeah. thing is clearly going to kill me, isn't it? Like, this thing's obviously here to do something, and it's not good, and it's not going to be passive, I don't think either. Whereas in a Resident Evil game, it's sort of like, oh yeah, that's just decoration, and it's creepy. Yeah, you're right. It's it's that's the best thing they've done. Is it's got that feel of like um uh what do you call it like like halloween horror nights like one of them like where you walk through like a haunted corn maze sort of thing and right. uh you don't know really it's so dark and confusing you're not sure what's a person in a costume like knelt over and what's just like a stack of hay so like you don't know what's going to jump out and scare you at any given second and that's basically alone in the dark so always the worst part of like doing those like little horror walk things through like you know hay or whatever was like I think I remember in that there was like the guy in the center of the room just standing there and you're just telling yourself like, all right, when I bought the ticket, he said, they can't touch you. If you don't <laughs> touch them. It's really scary. And, and this game did that, did that really well. It's almost, mm -hmm. almost like walking through a haunted maze or something. Cause you just, you don't know what's, what's, you know, what the rules are here. It's just paranoia from, <laughs> from being attacked six seconds into the game onwards. You never yeah. put your guard down. <laughs> um, on a tangent, I just thought I'd bring this up just because you mentioned like those little um, haunted house uh, little attractions at the theme parks. I went through one many years ago with my friends and uh, the, the lineup was so long for this thing that the only way they're going to get through them is to just send like this continual line of people to go through the the house. Like they <clears throat> Normally, I think they're supposed to just like let a few people in room by room so that they can reset. Like they could they can just do their little jump scare reset then let the next group through, right? <clears throat> but this time, I guess they just wanted to get through everyone and it was like such a huge line that they just like, it was just on this continuous line of people walking through. So we were all, we were just like a couple people back from anything that happened. So the people in front of us 
would go in, they would do the jump scare and, and we'd see them get scared. But by the time <laughs> we get into the room, we'd see everyone walking back into their places. <laughs> and they wouldn't even be fully back until we were already like almost out of the room. And we basically miss it. And so they could scare the next people behind us. You could like count down to five for the people behind you. And there it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of messed up. All right. Well, any uh, any last thoughts on Alone in the Dark? When when did you play? Did you play it when it was uh, when it was just freshly out? Yeah, I played it when it was freshly out as a kid, and then I've replayed it probably close to when you did because it was right close to when it came out on GOG. You know, mm, download right. it and get, give it a run through. I think I played like twenty minutes before getting a walkthrough and just saying I did it because the visual situation. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what about you? About the same same thing as a kid? I think so, yeah. I, I might have been like maybe... I, I'm pretty sure I played it like when it... Right when it came out at my friend's place. I think it might have took another couple years before I personally had a computer that could run it. And then I played it like a whole bunch of times. Um, but I'm pretty sure I, I played it when it was new. Uh, at, at any rate, I played it quite a bit well before Resident Evil came out. And that's actually kind of why I didn't really like the first Resident Evil, just because at the time I was so, um, I felt like it was such a ripoff of Alone in the Dark. And I felt that it was getting more popular uh, than the game that actually deserved to have that popularity. Right. And I felt that Resident Evil was a sort of like, a, a, kind of a step down of, in all, other than like all the technology, because things looked a lot better and uh animated better and all that sort of thing but other than that the actual horror elements the actual gameplay i thought was a step back from alone in the dark so that's why i never really liked the first resident evil uh i eventually came to uh, grow to really like the series um before four i didn't like the direction it went in after that but um f the first one i didn't quite like but two free and code veronica fantastic games yeah, I never really got got into the series. I played the only one I actually played was four, but I played it with someone else, so that made it a really cool experience. But I guess mm -hmm. not enough to buy five or six or whatever, because um, if there wasn't someone else to play it with, I I, I was kind of a wuss about it. But anyway, um, <laughs> Fatal <laughs> Frame. I, you got to play Fatal Frame. That's a that's a creepy one. Is it? Is that before four? Um, before four. Fatal Frame. When did that come out? Probably around that era i don't know exactly chronologically when but it's probably around that era right, um cool. but it is kind of more of a um japanese horror style of uh of the genre so it's That'd like cool. um mm -hmm. so it's pretty terrifying very like ring and grudge type of thing right like um uh, speaking of the ring and grudge the girl in clock tower always reminded me of them or vice versa yeah actually but... you know who uh the girl from clock tower is based on it's actually oh. based on uh, Jennifer Connelly from Phenomena. Dario Argento made Phenomena, uh, starring Jennifer Connelly. This is like in off the top of my head and not off of Wikipedia that I'm reading from. It was made <laughs> in 1985. So that's basically the inspiration for Clock Tower. Oh, it does look like her. Mm -hmm. Well, the first, very first screenshot. I could see that. Oh, did you see that picture of her wearing like a guy's suit? Uh, no, I'm not looking at anything related to it right now. Oh, Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's actually really kind of cool how much, uh, now that I think of it, that there's so many different like little subgenres of uh, horror that's been represented in video games right uh, by now. You know, Alone in the Dark covered the um, Lovecraftian, uh, Fatal Frame covered the J-horror, uh, Clock Tower covered the uh, the Italian, what's it called, Giallo uh, style. 
I didn't even know that existed till now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Alone in the Dark is a game that is really hard to play now. It really did not age well, but I just, to this day, I just love talking about it because it just did so many really cool, interesting, and just good things with the uh, horror idea. It's just, yeah, there, there's so many things that I wish games nowadays would really learn from it. And even like when they tried to do, when they've tried to reboot it like twice, they never really quite captured it. They, they didn't understand what it was that made the original Alone in the Dark so scary. I haven't played any of the... Actually, wait. I didn't play Alone in the Dark 2, but I did play Alone in the Dark 3. And even by then, it was like a good enough game, but not quite as creepy and haunting as the original one was. I think the third it, one was like Cowboys or something. Yeah, they completely just bought the namesake on that, on that in my opinion. They bought mm-hmm. the name, kept the character the, the same the same name and that was it it was just yeah you're right like they didn't analyze what really worked for the game and just basically i think they started playing catch up with like resident evil and stuff like that mm-hmm. well um i learned in my absence there was a lot of murders while i was gone so don't don't do murders mm-hmm.